Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky, and I'm joined by... Producer Nico, co-host Corey DLG, has the night off tonight. We've got a lot to talk about, Nico, because that was a fantastic game. Thursday Night Football, a lot better than I know I anticipated. I know the three of us anticipated that to be a bit of an ugly game. Definitely a blowout and turned out to be maybe the best Thursday night game we've had so far this season. There's been a lot of stinkers on Thursday night, so the bar wasn't crazy high. But it was a really, really great game. I think the best game of the Texans seasons. We'll get into all that. We'll get into uh, some notes from the game as well as, of course, after every Texans game, we have the love it and leave it segment and some final thoughts before all of that. Nico, I know we we were talking pre-show, but I know the Texans still have not crossed over the uh the 24 point barrier that seems to have have this team in a tight grip it's a it's a but hard even, line it's a hard yeah. line we haven't crossed they're not they really don't like to cross the 20 point line that often 24 is clearly the ceiling despite that though very good game to stay within 14 that was the line for this game to stay within striking distance and go into the half tied Way better than you expect when you're tussling with the undefeated Eagles that have looked so crisp. Yeah, I mean the eight no record just says so on its own. This was I was expecting a bloodbath and was very very surprised. Like I know that the we we have mentioned I believe before we've mentioned the uh, Vikings and, and some other teams too that have wins but feels a little shakier. I mean this team just the other week in the Eagles handled a bad Pittsburgh team. With no trouble at all, so they seemed they seemed like the real deal. Not saying that they aren't, but to have the Texans come out and really give them a, a good run was very impressive. I gotta attribute a lot of this to the 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 fit for the Texans. The uniforms looked very crisp. You had the metallic helmets looked fantastic. But in all all seriousness, I I think that this was the most complete game from the Texans. I think that front to back. I know that this is another fourth quarter where they don't score any points, uh, which which is tough, but it didn't feel like this team was ever going away. They controlled the pace of the game. This was a really quick game wrapped up in really uh, basically three hours, and uh, it just whipped by this game, and they were able to run the ball. Obviously, if you're a bad team and you're playing a much better opponent, you want to shorten those games, make every possession count. They... Again, had some nice turnovers. Were able uh, to grab a key turnover. They had the fumble early in this game. And it felt like maybe that was a a turnover where you're able to maybe flip the game early on the Eagles on their second drive. But, of course, then they punt off of that. But then 
when that when it felt like oh you didn't grab momentum and you have the punt right away after you recover a fumble the eagles go down of course right away with a long drive and score a touchdown off of that so now it feels like okay this is where they start to separate but then you have the touchdown from the texans to tie the game up and then the eagles go down and you're able to force the field goal attempt and they missed the field goal, so you're going to the half 14-14. Felt like a very different type of of e, or of Texans team that it wasn't going to they weren't going to fold early. Start off in the second half too. You had a couple of punts, defense looking good, uh, the offense stagnating early in that second half, but defense looking good, forcing a couple punts, and then you had the interception from Davis Mills where he climbs the pocket almost look he threw a duck where it almost looked like his arm got hit of course in the replay you see it wasn't a hit on the arm he just as he's climbing that pocket clearly lose the ball somewhat and throws a bit of a duck up to uh Gardner Johnson who made a really nice pick and then uh got some return yards and they get the touchdown right away to AJ Brown and so then it feels again where it's like okay they hung with them, but this is where it starts to pull. They start to pull away, but then they come back and they have a. The Texans have a really long drive, uh, twelve plays, sixty-three yards. Get the field goal, keep within striking distance, and then again the Eagles come back, ten plays, seventy-five yards, and they're able to get a touchdown. They get the two-point conversion, and uh, and you have this team back in it again, or back up by a, a long stretch again. And so it felt like this was where, this was where you were going to have this team fall apart. But you had the Texans fighting to the very end. They still had uh, a couple of chances there in the end of this game. They were driving late in that game and unfortunately ends on a Davis Mills interception. But unlike other games where it was very clear, okay, you know what? We've played well to this point, and now we're going to fold. We've played well to this point, but now we've had the, the turnover. Now we've had the uh, the back-breaking interception or the fumble, or now we're just not going to be able to drive the ball. It felt like this team played its first complete game, whereas you had games like the Chargers. They didn't show up for the entire first half, and they have to have 17 points just to get back in that game and still lose by double digits. You have... Games like the Raiders, where they're in that game through the first half, and then a fourth quarter, they just really, the second half really, they pretty much fold in that second half, but especially the fourth quarter, they clearly, the game gets out of hand. In this game, against a very good Eagles team, they were able to somewhat stay within striking distance the entire game, and they really didn't feel like they fold or gave up or shrunk in the spotlight at all now there were parts of this game that you really hate there are parts of this game that you really hate and we'll get to that in a second but overall it looked like the first really complete game that this Texans team played because they never really seemed to to go away and against a good Eagles team that was really impressive and I, I liked that a lot now a couple of things you notice and they're they're apparent before, but they're really clear in a game like this against a great opponent. First of all, this defense, oh my goodness. 
the amount of wide open receivers where Jalen Hurts tosses up and really this D this offense, anytime they wanted to run the ball, it felt like they could get eight, nine yards. Any every time. I know that there was that weird play where they were going for it on third down and they thought they had the first down and Sanders uh, kind of slipped up, goes to his knee and gets touched down. And so they're able to turn it over, even though they ran most of that drive up to that point, And that was a, a punt. But outside of like very specific plays, it really felt like this team could run on the Texans defense anytime they wanted. And every time that you had Hertz connect with the receiver downfield, it felt like there wasn't really any defenders around him. You had like the really awesome play from Moore for the touchdown where he has the sliding grab. You had the, the touchdown uh, to uh, to the tight end uh, in the end zone who's reaching over defenders to snag it out of the air, fighting and, and getting these good uh, catches from Texans receivers. But then on the other side of things, there's just not a defender within five yards of a lot of these Eagles players when they're getting receptions completed. And so that was a big glaring mistake. You had a couple of picks from Mills, and he finishes with 154, a 46 QBR rating. He's clearly not the guy. That was pretty glaring. But then you had some really good things to show up. Damian Pierce looked amazing, 139 yards on the ground. He was running through guys, bowling guys over, clearly a guy you cannot arm tackle at all. Clearly a guy you cannot arm tackle. And then this front seven. I mean, for how much they struggle in this, this is crazy. For how much they struggle with run defense, for how much this defense struggled all night staying on top of defenders, or excuse me, on top of this offense, on top of receivers, they still were able to get pressure without blitzing. And that was a real bright spot for them. And it's been a bright spot for them most of the year. But Against a team that runs really well against a quarterback that's really mobile. They kept him in the pocket. They didn't blitz him a lot. And they ended up with four sacks, a fumble forced, and a couple of fumbles forced, and one fumble recovery, seven tackles for loss, five QB hits. I mean, it was an absolute clinic up there. Jerry Hughes had himself an absolute insane night. I think. He was probably the player of the game for the Texans. Five total tackles, two sacks, two tackles for loss, two QB hits. And that front four really can get after the quarterback. Can't stop the run at all. And the secondary, that that zone was losing guys all over the place as far as Philly receivers was concerned. But, man, they look good up front rushing the passer for moments in this game. So, again... This team is a weird juxtaposition of things you really like versus things you really, really hate. But at the end of the day, they still were able to put together a complete performance against a really good Eagles team and give us probably the best Thursday night game of the season. And uh, we were looking back, if memory serves, this is the first primetime game for the Texans this year too. And honestly, they showed out for it, Nico. Yeah, this was definitely, unfortunately, this is the best Thursday night game. They have really picked terrible, terrible ones. Someone was really into the Broncos. They were really betting on that team. <laughs> yeah, they were, and and that's part of it. And, I mean, Thursday night football games have kind of had this history of not being super great for the most part, but they have had some duds 
the last few weeks. But this was a really good game. The Eagles, I mean, you expect the Eagles to really come together and, and put together a complete, complete performance at the end of a game. But this is also kind of the first time they were challenged, really challenged, which is wild to say. But throughout a game, I mean, most of these games, they're up by a significant margin at half, and they can kind of put it in cruise control. Texas were the first team to really challenge them for most of a game, especially make them really work in a second half. And to their credit, like you anticipate them to, to a, a flawless team to do, they stepped up and they were able to find a way to win. And they clearly have a lot of talent on that team, but the Texans found multiple ways to get off the field. They condensed this game. They shortened this game. They ran the ball really, really well. Uh, and, they hung with an Eagles team and were there right to the right to the end when Davis Mills threw that pick going deep for Dorsett. But a really solid performance from the Texans, a surprisingly solid performance from the Texans, and a really entertaining game. This was a lot of fun to watch. And it goes back to our point that we had earlier this season before the last couple of games where we we're watching a Texans team that had some very clear, very serious flaws and some very clear talent deficiencies at several position groups, but was still entertaining to watch, still fun to watch, still hung in games. You have a Colts Texans game where they have the seven, the, 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 the second half run to get back or excuse me, the first half run to get ahead. Unfortunately, the Colts came back in that game, but they do force overtime. That was a fun game. The 17-point run against the Chargers to get back into that game. And this had the reminiscence of those type of games. So it was an entertaining game. It was a fun game. And this was the the frisky Texans team that we saw early in this season versus the Texans team that was kind of rolling over and getting killed in some of these last couple of games. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Yeah, which is, I mean, weird to say it, but like we were all expecting this week to be terrible and these couple games to be as bad as they were. And this is such a great breath of fresh air considering how honestly terrible we were against the Raiders. Yeah, and it's almost... I know this isn't the case, so this is going to sound maybe a little stupid, but it's almost like... They baited the Eagles into they baited the Eagles into passing more than they should have almost. Whereas and and that sounds silly because Hertz ended with two hundred forty three yards and two touchdowns. But I, I mean seriously, this Eagles team with the 
the running conce- concepts and the way they're pulling their center all over the place and pulling linemen and getting tight ends involved, they really could do whatever they want running the ball. And it almost seemed like the receivers were so open that they kept going back to pass, which was the only way that the Texans could uh, could do anything on defense and, and get them in holes to start drives was to get back and get after Jalen Hurts and get them behind the sticks a little bit. It was a, li- a weird little maybe a, a little bit of a Jedi mind trick on them, but I, uh, but that was, a- I mean, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound too outlandish. Honestly, that might just be like a real five head heads up play guessing like, well, if we leave the receivers open, they're going to want to throw and not challenge our terrible run defense. Yeah. A little gamesmanship. It, it would seem on that end. And speaking of getting behind the sticks, that was another thing that was very apparent in this game was the Texans don't really have a route when they get, uh, behind the sticks when they have an early sack or penalty or tackle for loss to get back into a drive their drives are very, very their drives are very very tenuous things where the the slightest thing it seemed can disrupt the ecosystem of a drive for them I did like that they seem to be pressing a little bit more down the field they seem to be trying a few more shots with Mills it feels like a lot of times Nico this offense can get stuck a little bit and going for the dink and dunk, the safe stuff for Mills when really he's got a pretty big arm I think it's better to almost push a little bit I would I would rather see him force the issue a little bit throw some dangerous throws like you saw him end the game on with that pass to Dorsett and then open stuff up for that running game and Damian Pierce versus playing it safe because when you're keeping everything in front of them, they don't have the guys to create plays in space. They don't have the guys who are going to get shifty enough to break free and break stuff loose and take slants to the house. They need, they need you to, to throw to their receivers streaking down the sidelines. And that's just going to help Damon Pierce. I think so. I think I like them opening that up a little more. It's a good, it's a good thing to see. I, I, they're gotta they gotta emphasize the one the one thing they got right now (laughs) exactly they just gotta they gotta do the old uh greg shiano offense from when he was the coach for the tampa bay buccaneers with josh what was it josh freeman where they they would just deep shot deep shot run the ball (laughs) and toss it up to to uh vincent jackson that that's gotta be their offense that's the that's the play right now it is. It is. All right. Uh, so we'll get to our weekly segment, Love It and Leave It. Before we do that, we're going to hear from some sponsors. Okay, everybody. Let me tell you all about the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Adventure Stadium. That's right. We already know about the great and wonderful comics and, tra- and trading card store they have on the first floor. They also now have on the second floor a sports memorabilia store and sports trading cards. It's awesome. Get up there to the stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor above the, the original Adventure Begins, in the Marcel Town Center. Make sure to check them out. The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. The Adventure Stadium. It's time to trade in your face masks for masks. Load up the hoppers and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Splat Zone Indoor Paintball has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. Family friendly, low impact activities. 
for everybody. Go check them out. 11260 Hempstead Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent hundreds of hours in a hands-on lab course learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. Welcome back in. Let's get to our segment, Love It and Leave It couple of things here first thing i absolutely loved we mentioned it earlier but this texans team playing wire to wire and and staying in this game the entire time and fighting this team the entire way through not letting not letting the game or some situations in the game or moments in the game really sweep them up it felt like they were even keeled and when you look at their schedule if they're able to approach other games like they approach this game staying even keeled and not letting uh, a play or a drive or a quarter sweep them up and impact the rest of the game I mean the Giants and the Commanders if you play even keeled wire to wire against those two teams you're definitely going to be in it because those are two teams that are not going to put away uh, a squad that's for sure the Giants have been living in what they've been able to make happen at end of games and in the fourth quarter to try and secure victories. And the Washington Commanders, they just aren't talented enough to put really anybody away and put any team away. And so if you come out and have a sound performance like they did against the Eagles, they're for sure going to be in these next two games, I think. Yeah, and it brings us ever closer to that Commanders game, which I think we can win. So... Exactly. That's the one that Texans fans have circled on the on the schedule as a possible celebration day. Yeah, it might be cool. We'll find out. <laughs> you know what? It might be fun. It might be fun. Leave it. What I want to leave in this week more than anything else, Nico, the Brandon Cooks drama. Shocker, he didn't play. He did not play for the Texans today. Uh, he did not dress. And... I don't know how far, again, that cryptic text, we got into it earlier in the week, uh, or not text, tweet, got into it earlier in the week, and what he could be mean with that, all the, the fire that he could have from the last couple of years being around this dysfunctional organization, uh, and what this could mean, what, what it could look like, him being on the team, is it going to be something where he just, you know, he keeps cashing the paychecks and showing up to work even though he's not happy about it? which he's kind of been doing the last couple of years, or is he going to pull a little bit of more a James Harden-esque attempted exit from the Houston area? Remains to be seen, but I would really love to leave that in this week because I don't want it to be a situation where he's just sitting out for the next couple of games. I, I don't know. What, what do you think? What, what do you think we see from him for the remainder of the season or even next week? I mean, honestly, like if he doesn't play, it's just – it he already doesn't want to be there and there's nothing worse than forcing someone to do that. So 
like it doesn't bother me one way or another if he plays, but I mean, we'll see. I mean, if you're him though, if you're him, you have an $18 million check attached to you for next year. So you would think, and I get that he's had his back and forth with this organization in prior years. And, uh, and he's maybe feeling like he wants to win now, maybe coming closer to the end of his tenure in the NFL. So he wants to win now and he wants to be a contender. He doesn't want to be languishing on a team that's fine losing. Uh, But you would think that he would want to make his stat line as attractive as possible for the off season so that a team is maybe willing to bite the bullet and, and trade for him and, and pay him that money and take on that, that paycheck versus whatever this is. And what, and if this extends into more weeks, you know, I, are you, are you, if you're another team, do you want to sign up for an $18 million pay (laughs) pay stub that you have to fill out? And somebody who left the organization he was on before, uh, with a weird exit, that's just making that more unattractive. I hope this stays into this week. They've got a little longer of a week, so maybe that gives them a chance to, to figure this stuff out. I mean, hopefully they figure something out, but, I mean, people have recruited crazier people. I, the league is no stranger to drama. <laughs> also true. Also true. Uh, so that, that that's love it or leave it for this week. Uh, some final thoughts. You know, when I was thinking about this game and I was getting messages on Twitter because obviously people know that I'm covering Houston and the Houston Texans. I was getting texts from friends and it really made me think because they were all about Damian Pierce. And it really made me think, you know, red zone doesn't show the Texans very often. They're not scoring a ton. Uh, if you're not a Houston Texans fan, you're probably not flipping on the Texans games, probably not betting them. You probably don't have uh, a fantasy player on the Texans. You probably are only watching them if your team is playing the Texans. So you maybe have only seen them once or you haven't seen them at all. So this is the first. So with this being a primetime game, though, this puts everything on a spotlight for them, right? And we know that those primetime opinions, those outings whether they're good or bad that tends to stick with a player a coach a team a little longer than maybe a performance in that noon slot or that 325 slot because everybody's watching even the people especially the people who wouldn't normally watch you and Damian Pierce running the way he did not only going for 139 yards averaging 5.1 yards per carry but also the aggressive style I mean when you watch him run, his line isn't as bad as some lines in the NFL, but they're not doing him any favors. He's got to create a lot of his own blocks. He's got to break a ton of tackles. He's got to fight through a lot of contact. He's got to get a lot of yards after contact, and he does all of that stuff, and he is churning out yards. He's clearly the pulse of this offense. The drives where he's looking good, those are the drives that the Texans are going to look good. And so now everybody's talking about, I mean, I have people tweeting at me about rookie of the year for him. I've got people telling me, showing me pay stubs where they put money on <laughs> on Damian Pierce for rookie of the year. I got people telling me about how pumped they are that he's on their fantasy team or about how good he looks, how much fun he must be to cover. Uh, so this is the type of game that sets up the narrative for you to go and 
win awards like rookie of the year. This is the type of game that just puts you on notice as far as the rest of the fan bases or even the league is concerned. And all that to say, Damon Pierce is that guy. Yeah. Him showing up so hard. And like, cause we already, cause we knew after it wasn't that bad. And like, it was, it was really strange in game one where we just didn't use him. And then I'm so glad that we were just like, Hey, let's not do that. And then he just shows out and we're like, Oh, perfect. Yeah. He like, this is, this is the exact kind of thing we need in this city. <laughs> Absolutely. He's that guy. And he's one of the, he's going to be one of those pieces that you build around for the next couple of years. And, and he's one of those guys too, where if you're drafting a core, if you're drafting, when you draft a quarterback in the, the upcoming draft next year, he's one of the guys you point to and say, you know what, you got a young quarterback coming in, but it's really nice to have a running back that you can turn a hand off to uh, when you're in, you, when you need some yards or where you can turn and you can have play action, those easy throws for a young quarterback off of play action because those defenders are dropping down to that box when they think he's running the ball. All that is just really good, and he's – He's really special, and he's a steal because he didn't get a lot of play at Florida, but he's a really, really good running back, and we knew this was coming. We all knew this was coming. He looked great all summer long, and everybody was excited about him. Everybody was saying good things. We knew this was coming, and it's nice to already see that paying off. You know, some guys probably going to be a little longer to see what exactly exactly you have and to see the dividends pay off from what you think they're going to be, but Damon Pierce already paying off and it's really fun to see really a great really a great showing i think it really makes me happy because at least we have the beginnings of us like if this is if this is the beginning of where we're going is such a such a great direction we've been saying it for weeks we've been saying it since the season started but man we really do have a solid future ahead of us Yeah, Damon Pierce is, is special. And you know what? We're not going to stop talking about him because he's awesome and it's fun to talk about really good players. So that's what we're going to do. Lord knows we don't have a ton of them on the Texans, so that's what we're going to do. Our one shining star. <laughs> exactly, exactly, the silver lining. That's it for us. That's it for the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Good Thursday night football game. Everyone now, go out first before you enjoy your weekend this weekend. Go out. And subscribe to the Battle Red Radio podcast wherever you're finding the podcast. Make sure you're subscribing. Please, please, please. It means the world to us. And then go out and enjoy your weekend. I'll be back with a show posted Sunday night. And it'll be there for you Monday morning. Got a couple. We got two shows coming up that are going to be really. It's grading the position groups but it's grading the position groups in a different way we're not just throwing a a letter grade next to them like you see on every sports website we're doing it a little different uh for some mid-season mid-season ish grades so be back for that the next two shows going to be a lot of fun but for now enjoy your weekend and thank you for listening to another battle red radio show <laughs>